Hello, and welcome into a new episode. It's Scarves Up. I'm your host, Nathaniel Mamoudis, and in a second I will be joined by David Mamoudis as we will be going over the first two games of the Sounders season. Let's bring him in now. Doing well, thanks. We have a lot to get to today. we got to go over the Sounders' first two games and all the other news that has happened surrounding the team. Maybe talk, uh, uh, touch a little bit on the CONCACAF Champions League and the uh, regular Champions League uh, since a lot has happened. And then also the, the big news that happened in the soccer world that uh, in the last week uh, that is going away. So let, let's actually start with that. Uh, oh, last okay. I was Sunday, trying to think what you were, you know, what you were saying, like, you know, did Landon Donovan on retire again, you know, but I guess you must be in the super league. That is big. Yeah. Uh, that definitely would have been bigger if that would have happened for like a fifth time at this time. Uh, but on Sunday we have 12 teams Six English, three Spanish, three Italian, saying that they're going to play in a new league midweek, still playing their respective leagues, uh, though, on the weekends. Uh, So instead of playing in the Champions League, they're going to play against each other, and all the money was going to be controlled by those clubs. Uh, UEFA strongly against it. I mean, UEFA is a very uh, is a is a terrible organization. Most of the big federations are, but uh, they won in this case. What what were your thoughts on uh, everything that happened? Um. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, interesting how the fan reaction and you know the it would have been one thing if only FIFA was against it. Uh, you know, another complicated organization with with largely self-serving priorities, but there seems like there was a universal fan reaction against it, you know, both from the top six English clubs and from the rest of, of English football, which led those English clubs to decide to pull out. Um, you know, I'm sure we haven't heard the end of this idea. There will, there will always be a question about how revenue should be shared, you know, whenever I mean, at the moment, there are still teams that are technically into the plan, even though, all the the English teams have have backed out. Um, yeah, I mean, I think everybody knows the plan is dead. Whether you know whether or not anyone you know from Italian soccer formally apologizes for not you know will be another question. Um, but you know, whenever there's a pile of billions of dollars sitting around, there will always be questions about what's the fairest way to divide up the loot. Uh, with the biggest and strongest people, you know, saying that they could happily have a bigger share. So, you know, I don't know whether the, you know, whether the end result will be, you know, the end of promotion and relegation, whether it'll be something more like MLS with a joint ownership structure, or, you know, whether the continue the, the, the current system will struggle along in some fashion. Yeah, uh, so it is, it is good that it's the, the fans who really shut this down would have been interesting though if it did get formed and then we have and then suddenly Messi and 
Ronaldo are banned from playing in international competitions. Right. Um, the idea that the World Cup could. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to imagine that could happen. You know, you know, that that always seemed like an extreme position um, that they wouldn't have wanted to do because it would ruin the World Cup, but seems like a good negotiating position if the question is how can how can FIFA get 10% of Super League revenues um, seemed like a more reasonable outcome than you know than saying you know only people under the age of 15 can be in the World Cup or whatever ridiculous thing they were going to do yeah and uh, but but let's even though like UEFA they they won and uh, their their greed is not as great as the owners of these 12 teams UEFA is still a very evil organization. There's no doubt they're up there with like the NCAA and and FIFA. Um, so like we gotta not uh, forget that. Um, Definitely, yes, I mean, they, and, yes, and... they do. Yeah, yes, they do right. a good job at giving uh, teams. They do give most of their revenue back to the teams during the Champions League. Um, that's that's pretty much their main job is just distribute right but i mean at least the you know at least the big you know the big six or big 12 teams are sort of honestly greedy you know they sort of admit that they're trying to get money so they'll have money um whereas it's always a complicated thing when you have organizations that are both greedy and quote-unquote non-profits you know so when the ioc or fifa or uefa uh gets greedy when they you know they can't just admit that they want to do it to to keep the money then that's when the talking gets very complicated because no one can be honest about their motives. And uh, just in general, just uh, it's so bored from clubs like uh, Arsenal and my team Spurs, who we're not even in the Champions League this year, and we're saying that we're going to be in this the greatest of all time. Super league. But it is true that Very if you measure bold. it by TV ratings, you know, more people will tune in to see Arsenal and Tottenham than to see Leicester, you know, regardless of who's actually playing better this year. And, you know, more people will buy Tottenham shirts. And so, you know, is that a sensible way to decide who should be on TV? Maybe it is. Obviously, the obviously we had France, uh, so like PSG, and then no German teams were in this. And I think a lot of the German team, the German teams comes in it is because the majority of the German clubs are owned by the fans. Do you think that should be the case for more countries uh, since soccer is for the fans? Sure. But, you know, if the question is, are the fans really supposed to make a decision? You know, do you want the fans making you know, making player decisions or even choosing a GM or a coach, you know, that's hard. Um, you know, is there a perfect way to do it? No, you know, but decisions have to get made by somebody. So, you know, this is a, a debate that's too complicated for this podcast, I think. Um, I think One the question... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, you go on. Right. I mean, the, you know, the question of, um, right, should things be decided by fan voting, you know, if... You know, this is why we play the games rather than doing it American Idol style and just having everyone vote for who should win the MLS Cup every year. You know, if we wanted soccer to be American Idol, you know, then, you know, LAFC could just win every year on the, you know, where the, because Taylor Twellman says so. Um, 
so you know, there's a there. It it makes a lot more sense to to me. You know, promotion and relegation and the system that they have now of qualifying for the Champions League, as complicated and silly as it is, um, does make a lot of sense compared to the you know the way uh, United States sports tend to be organized. Um, but anyway, the world is a complicated place, so it's great to have all of these different systems and all these different arguments for us to talk about. Uh, before we move on to the Sounders, Chelsea in uh, still uh, going strong in the Champions League. Your team, Christian Pulisic with a big goal. Uh, so they have the lead going back to London. Uh, thoughts on your Chelsea team right now? Do you think they're making the finals in the Champions League? Obviously, they're playing well. Um you know, hard to know what will happen in that second leg. Um, you know, difficult to make to make any guarantees. But, you know, I'm happy to see uh, Pulisic, you know, make it. Well, I guess he did get subbed off, but, you know, uh, you know make, it, make it through the game healthy. Uh, happy to see him uh, getting in good positions and, and finishing. You know, good for, good for Chelsea, good for the U.S. national team. I guess the one, yeah. I guess the U.S. The, the U.S. national team's next game is the the day after or the day the day before the Champions League final. Um, but I think that's only a friendly. the The real qualifiers start later than that, or the or yeah. The next I would. Tournament. I don't think he. I would be surprised if uh, if uh, that if that game is not uh, entirely MLS players, since I think that game is in the U.S. Uh, so I'd be surprised if he if he wasn't in if he's not at that game. But well, I'd be surprised if he was playing in that game. Uh, my bad. Uh, speaking of other Champions League, so the Concacaf Champions League. What I like to see is we have all four MLS teams. Uh, well, okay. Well, so all the MLS teams made it through to the quarterfinals, and we have one MLS. Uh, MOS v MOS match happening, but then all the other teams are either losing or uh, tied. So Portland is tied, and Toronto is losing. Um, and then in the MOS match, we have Atlanta versus uh, Philadelphia, and then Columbus is also tied uh, against the Liga MX side. Uh, so I'm very happy about this um but philadelphia is beating atlanta uh three to one right now uh i believe is the score of that game uh but in general like if philadelphia is the one team that's going to survive over mos i'll take it like i I know that's your attitude you know i'm like i yeah um like i i I'm thinking for a later show we're going to we're going to uh, do a segment uh, about the nicest teams in MOS, um, excluding the Sanders. My number one, as a preview to that, would be the Philadelphia Union. Thoughts on the Philadelphia Union? I know they were uh, expected to do well this year. Um, I saw they were, you know, up high in some of the in some of the preseason power rankings, but they have not come out looking good. It's expected. 
they just won the supporter shield last year. Yeah, I mean, they're playing much better in CCL so far. Um, I mean, like, and uh, yeah, and again, I, you know, 2016, I, I, it was the same thing. Like, we, um, the year that, uh, 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 I guess it wasn't 2016, I guess it was the year after that when we played Guadalajara first. Obviously, we ended up losing to Guadalajara, but the reason that we, I would say, the reason we lost against LAFC in their first game ever, and unfortunately, we're gonna have to hear about that for the rest of our live since commentators absolutely love the LAFC. Uh, But the reason we lost that game was because we were resting players for CCL. That's pretty much what they've been doing as well. Um, They didn't make as many changes as we did that time. um, But yeah, I I just don't have a sense of how much much continuity they had with last year. Um, I pretty much the same team, except they added uh, like a new forward, I believe. You know, I was a big Sebastian Latou fan, and you know, without him, yeah. I just can't find it very interesting. Yeah, they've had a bunch of our fair, former players go through them, um, or or just other play. I feel like a lot of the players that like I'll like at a certain team, um, even though I'll hate the team, like they'll have the those couple players that I like, and then they end up going to the union. Um, uh, CJ Sapong is the one that comes to mind. Like he's like one of those big, uh, forwards. Um, they had him for a long time. Unfortunately, I mean, he scored against us a couple of times when we played them or Chicago, um, or SKC, but, uh, like players like that, their team always seems so nice there. I would like to go to their stadium. They've got like a beautiful view, um, uh, right on a river. Uh, there. Uh, so I'm rooting for them. Um, good to see that Toronto is uh, um, is, is uh, losing. Um, uh, unfortunately, Michael Bradley was not harmed by the alligator that crashed their uh, practice. Um, was very sad to hear that he was okay about that. Uh, but uh, I think it's time we move on from CCO. And talk about the Sounders season opener. Uh, let's talk about the lineup in general. Um, a little, kind of a strange lineup, but uh, let's hear your thoughts on the lineup. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, the um, the the big injury news so far this season. Well, you know, Jordan Morris, obviously, not expected to be back for a while. Um, and Nicholas Ladero missing the, the first couple of games. Um, so, you know, that left a space open for Atencio, who obviously we'll talk about more. Uh, and then the other question has been, um, Shane O'Neill, you know, keeping his, uh, strong form apparently from last season has, you know, won a place in the starting lineup so far. Yeah, I would say that, uh, I, I still don't get that. Um, I think, uh, I think he's, I mean, he's been typical um Shane O'Neill I think is the best way to describe him but with saying that Yamar was way better last year um highest rated defender in MOS in FIFA for a reason Yamar is he almost won um defender of the year um I think uh he, he had a good case the only uh it was won by the Columbus crew the by Mensa um, obviously, the Columbus crew is struggling real bad 
um, with him not on the field. Um, so I think Yamar definitely deserves to be on the field. Um, I thought I think the other two center backs, since we're now playing a five back, um, I think knew who, um, just like he was at the end of this of last season, knew who has continued to look great. Um, I've been very impressed with new who his energy is always great. Um, so new who the one person who was not a center back before this year, he's the one who I would definitely be starting. Um, Ariaga, uh, so far he hasn't caused us really, um, to lose a game from some bad decision, but he obviously could have been sent off in the last game. Um, uh, if we didn't, uh, substitute him sooner, um, in, in both games, really. Um, so I would like to see Yamar on the field. Um, but, uh, again, now, now I want to ask you, do you know who covered the most ground, uh, in the first week of MOS out of the entire yeah, I saw something about. I mean, was it actually Atencio? It was Joss Atencio. Yeah, they mentioned that he on played. some on some broadcast. Yeah, which seemed hard he, to believe. Yeah, he played really. Re- I believed it. He was everywhere in the, that first game against Minnesota. I've been super impressed with him um, this entire time. Um, he's definitely been up there as one of the best players on the field. Um, which is why um, with this next game that's going to be against the LA Galaxy, um, I would say that he should not be the one who gets moved to the bench. Um, just because he's playing so well, he definitely does not deserve um, the, the youngster treatment and get moved off. Well, so, I mean, one so, thing, the, the way Schmetzer was talking about it, it sounded like Ladero might uh, not start, but just come in later. I think that's also true, um, I, and I think um, that's what's going to happen. Um, so I'm guessing our lineup will be exactly the same. Um, Do we know if Montero happens. is is likely to be back? Uh, Montero is not. I I think he was day to day. But uh, Jimmy Madronda, the other player who's injured, he's expected to uh, make an appearance. Um, off the bench. Where do you um, think he fits uh, into the rotation? And I guess we still haven't talked about that that first game. On, the second he's def- one. Yeah, he's definitely on the bench. Um, uh, and uh, I, I don't expect him to... Uh, but does he come in ahead or behind yeah. of Ethan Doubleair? Um, I think he probably comes in around the same time. Um, yeah, uh, around the around the same time. Um, he'll, he'll definitely get play time this season. Um especially in the summer when we'll probably lose a lot of people to the stupid gold cup or Copa America. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, he's definitely not going to replace anyone when he's fit. Um, but uh, I th- it seems like Montero probably has another week, but we have a lot of games coming in a short amount of time um, uh, in, in May. Um, so, so we'll but- have to see what happens there. So going back to that first game, you know, the, if I remember correctly, the first half was a little more nervous, a little more, a little, a little too even for our liking. Yeah, Minnesota definitely had chances in the first half, and the, and I mean, it felt a lot like that that game last year in the playoffs. 
obviously we know that was on their mind. They came out looking really good. Um, Sounders did shut them down really well. Um, I thought that uh, Alex Rodon has also played really well in these first two games. Um, he, the the since he really took over for Kevin Neardam, the only game that uh, the the only game that I think he hasn't performed is at at never mind. I, I was gonna say MLS Cup, but I I don't believe that. I think he had MLS Cup game his team. He just was meant to look bad because uh, Jovan Jones was not defending. Um, but yeah, I've been very impressed with him. Uh, on the other side, because uh, him and Alex Rodon and Brad Smith are basically uh, are be our wingbacks, so they get to get forward a little bit. I've not been impressed with the newly bald uh, Brad Smith. I think he has been our worst player on the team in both games. Um, even I think he played he better in the second goal. game than in the first game. Yeah, but still in the second game, his passing has been absolute shit. I would. Right. I, I mean, like, I guess the good like, news is I think trying... he gave the ball away on a bunch of our on most of our our attacks. Um, then also, like his crosses have not been good. Um, and, uh, uh, honestly, I honestly, I, it might just be like he was good because of his hair. Uh, that's what we're going by right now. Um, Oz, he's acting a lot like Brad Brad Evans with his shooting. Um, the shots he took from distance were just atrociously bad. Um, so, um, speaking of of shots so, from distance, uh, yeah. I I went back to look at the uh, the statistics from the from the first game to remind myself when the goals got scored, and I thought I was on the wrong page for a moment because. It shows a, game, a goal in the 49th minute from Jay Mior. And I thought, who's that? Uh, apparently that's Jao Paolo's last name. You know, so the fact that he's, yep. he's being abbreviated to J period M-I-O-R is a little confusing. Um, but obviously a goal of the year candidate, you know, right there. That goal we had to wait a while for, but um, a yeah, great way to start gets, off the Sounders scoring. Goal- this goal gets better and better every time I watch it. Um, that night, it was number it was the number one play on Sports Center. Um, it's an incredible hit. He makes this look so easy because um, the ball does not hit the ground um, on this play, and it's great awareness to just hit it. Goalkeeper, absolutely no chance. Total courtesy dive. Um. But yeah, that was absolutely an incredible goal. Um, second goal um, was good play from Wu Bruin uh, to find Raul Roy Diaz. Um, what do you think of them working together and just Wu Bruin playing so far? Yeah, I mean, I you know I love um, I've I was you know you and I have always been a fan of of two forward. Um, of two forward sets, you know, whether it's, um, you know, Roman Torres or, or Will Bruin playing the, you know, big guy who makes trouble and, and frees up the little guy. So Will Bruin just always seems like a nice guy. Like same, I mean, really both of them, like he, like 
when he scores and he's like a giant guy doing the airplane and he's got a giant smile on his face. Like, how do you not love this guy? Yeah. You can totally imagine him, you know, scoring in a three V three game at age, at age six, you know, yeah. and, and he, you know, plays the same way. And, you know, when he does a back heel, you're kind of like, did he do that on purpose or was that a mistake? You know, but he does it a lot. So, you know, he seems to, yeah. You know, so sort of, you know, surprising, surprising in positive ways. Yeah, in the second game, I in the second game against LAFC, um, I believe he had um, he had a he had he he pulled off like a really really nice dummy. Yep. Um, so I was very impressed with that. Yeah, I mean, Hold good good second. awareness, and he you know tries interesting things, um, you know, and you know, and does the big guy, you know body up to people and, and fight for every ball things. So, you know, I've, I've been enjoying watching him and it's been, you know, I like not only seeing him in the last 15 minutes of games. So, um, I'm a, I'm a fan of this arrangement, you know, obviously we'll see whether we can make it work and have more for nothing games come out of it. Third goal, Freddie Montero comes on and then pretty much his first touch is an amazing ball over the top uh, uh, to find Raul Roy Diaz. Um, thoughts on that goal? I think the, the pass was the best part. Yeah, amazingly, you know, well-weighted pass into that run. You know, great to see them, um, you know, playing together as though, you know, Montero had been around the Sounders since 2009. Um, you know, obviously not a lot of experience with the two of them playing together, but that was a great connection and hoping we'll see lots more of that, obviously. And then already he scored a goal. Um, and he also makes this goal look a lot easier than it is, um, putting in, in a place, um, out of the reach of the Minnesota goalkeeper to make it four zero, um, uh, and also making him alone at the top of the Sounders all-time scoring list as he was tied with Dempsey. Now he is uh, two above. Uh, fortunately, he got injured again. Um, hopefully, we get him back soon. So moving on to the next game. Uh, first, first off... Um, Again, we talk about the commentators loving LAFC, but so much, so much. It's like every 10 minutes, just give it a break, please. Oh, my God. Uh, they didn't have Rossi. They didn't have Vea. They reminded us that every five seconds. Um, of course, they also said we didn't have Ladero, but... Uh, uh, in, in general, I thought we played really well this game. Um, I, I think we definitely could have gotten a win. It would have been very annoying if they scored again in this game. Um, right, so and obviously that's the, why I took the, the tie. The but, first um, goal that we, they did score was, you know, was frustrating because um, it, you know, felt like just a little bit of disorganization, and then, you know, and then sort of a clever move by Atuesta. Um, yeah, so let's let's talk about this new like free tr kick trend because obviously like the idea of the wall and free kicks has been around 
for a while and like it's always like a question of like do you jump do you not um, right and i always and thought the idea and, but, was but, but, yeah you sh you should jump by you should jump but only jump up you know two-thirds of a ball high you know and keep your toes pointed down so that the yeah. ball can't go under you um yeah. now what i wonder is you know so now it means that the wall kind of has to practice two things you know they have to practice you know one move where you do jump really high, you know, because you have that guy lying down on the floor and another move where you don't jump so high. So the question is, did the wall think that knew who was there and they, and he wasn't, or, you know, have I they been practicing it, I, jumping high? I think it's, I think it was just all, all around bad communication because when teams don't put a person, then usually you have some people, some people jump and some people not jump. Right, so I don't know um, if you saw in the in the Champions but League, I mean, uh, but I you know, mean, there yeah. was a there was a thing where they, yeah. you know, the, the goes through a, free, the wall. a free kick was hit right through the wall, and you know, I don't know if it was that planned was or not. Bad, but it, no, that was just bad defending. But that that was just a horrible wall set. That's a well, that's but it was a, also like yeah. if you saw where the ball went through, you know. Also, you know, if you think about how all of these professional players are built, you know, they're they have you know tiny waist relatively and then giant shoulders and hips and somehow the ball was at exactly the right height that when yeah. the players jumped a foot up it went like right past the waist of two players next to each other so it was yep. almost like their shoulders and thighs were touching but there was a space you know between them right where the belt line of their shorts was and you know so the question of how do you how do you practice jumping so there is only a six inch gap and not a nine inch gap between two players um, I don't know how often they, you know, how much so, they work on that. So obviously in this play, it seems like knew who should have lied down. Um, Brian Schmetzer said afterwards that they do not train, that they do not practice that. Well, he shouldn't lie down if, if the wall, I mean, you know, I, I, well, I guess yeah, what I would say is it. the wall should know whether the, the people jumping should know whether there's a guy lying behind them, both so they don't step on his head, you know, and so that they know how high to jump. I would say that in general, I would say that in general, though, my thoughts on the lying down rule is I think it's 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 definitely better to not jump and they score by getting it over the wall and then under the bar than them jumping under. Because you look really stupid when they get when someone scores by you jumping. Um, yeah. So I would say if 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 I'm not going to if if I'm the coach of a soccer team and I'm deciding how we're going to do this. I'm not going to have someone lie down, and I'm also not going to have my team. I'll, I'll for the majority, I'll be like, "Don't jump!" Or the people in the middle, for sure, don't jump. The people on the edges, you guys can jump um, because we don't want it to go under. And if they are able to get it over the wall and under, then you tip the cap to them um, because and uh, because um, either when they kick it over, then they're going to be shooting for the opposite side, which hopefully the goalkeeper who has faith in the wall should be covering. And then if not, and the goalkeeper has to rush back over the wall, then then it's like no other goalkeeper is going to save it. So you just tip your cap to that. And for that matter, if the entire team is jumping as high as they can, you know, then you can just pass it around the wall and exactly. you know, score in the second and a half it takes for them to come back and start running. And so. I, I, I'm surprised that that doesn't happen more that we don't see more pass plays on free kicks right when you have the the 10 on 5 advantage of the of the people who aren't on the wall yeah 
Um, I mean, then, I mean, the team is allowed to run straight at you, but still, um, that's either really get that's there that that's going to be either really hard to block because they have to have really quick reaction time, um, or, um, yeah, yeah, they either have to have really quick reaction time, um, or you're going to kick them really hard in the in in their body somehow. Maybe you make it so they have to be substituted. Yep. Uh, as we're talking about sort of more of the defense, I I just wanted to bring up the the play from Christian Rodon stopping a goal. We haven't talked about him that much yet. He's been playing extraordinary, and um, he's often someone we forget about um, because he's he does all those little things. This clearance was it was going in the back of the net, and it was a great clearance. Um, he's one of those people who like it. it um, when uh, Nicholas Ladero's on the field, um, because people worry about him, that's why he can get open. Um, so when he's not in the field, it seems like uh, it might seem like he's not doing as much as normal. But he's been playing really well. Yep, obviously, always with a great amount of energy. Uh, and um, right, you know, just the more you run, the more chance that you'll be in the right place at the right time. I mean, I guess that's maybe why it's a little surprising that Atencio was the you know, was the one who moved the most. Yeah. Um, and obviously there is something of the the veteran knowledge of sort of when to run. So you wonder if Atencio's extreme distance was a little bit about, you know, not knowing when he could rest. Um, so Brad Smith scored the goal in this game. Um, this header was very, very slow. Like I, I thought, like I was like, oh, he's going to get there. He's going to head it towards goal. I didn't think it was going to go in because it was just moving so slow. Yeah, I mean, I guess he generated enough and power. Had, you know, and, it was such a strange like body position. In the way. And the ball was so low that you're you're kind of like, you know. Do we think oh, he scores should... that if he has hair? If he has hair, does that go in the net? Uh it's a good question. You know, he definitely would have taken some speed off of it if he had a mohawk or something. You know, then he would, you know, how would it have? How would he have directed it? It's uh, very true. Um, if if uh, Ladero uh, starts in, let's let's say that he comes off the bench in our next game against the Galaxy, um, which is at home uh, this Sunday, May second, uh, six p.m. Uh, Pacific time. Um, let's say though that he starts the game on the ninth, which is at Portland. Would you say? Uh, so I would say that Brad Smith is the player who comes off um, so that Ladero could start. And then because of how well Atencio is playing, I would put Christian Rodon out wide because we know he has uh, he has looked good there. Um, we put him out wide and then we can keep Atencio in. Um, on, my, on that prediction? Yeah, so certainly a possibility. I mean, I think, you know, Rodon has done better in the center, but I, I agree with you that Atencio has looked good. Um, I don't know how much they've practiced with Atencio and, 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 and Ladero, you know, together, but, but I agree that that's, you know, that's kind of looking like our, our best 11, um, you know, given those choices. Uh, uh, yeah. So um, we'll definitely see what happens um, with, our, our next line 
lineup. Um, for other players, uh, I'm available in the middle. We had uh, we saw Jordy Delem come in off the bench. Forgot we had him, um, but I thought he played well. Uh, uh, he's another one who I expect us to need um, later on with co-ops. Um, it was just announced um, that uh, Raul Roy Diaz uh, has been named to like the pre- the preliminary. Um, list of 50 players for Peru um, and that will change later but if he gets called in for the thing he would be gone for like six weeks because of World Cup qualifiers and Copa America Um, that happens obviously we have Freddie Montero Um, we we have Freddie Montero and we have some but uh, he's he's about it We'll, we'll see what our lineup does um, it's also recently come out that the ACL, the ACL injury to JMO is worse than his first one. Um, so I'm not sure if the Sounders have placed him on the uh, the uh, season-ending injury list um, yet. But if he does that, then we should get a little bit of conversation. Don't know if we have room to go sign another forward. Um, but but what do you see the Sounders going with um, if with uh, Roy Diaz probably going to be out for a lot of this year? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, the obvious thing is um, is Montero and Bruin. Um, well, I mean, why does Raul Roy Diaz have to go to this game? This is those games. Um, Peru's not going to win Copa America. They're just not. They're not going to win. Sure, but they I mean, and the U.S. probably isn't going to win the World Cup. But you know, it's important for players to play for their for their teams. You know, it's uh, especially it's a- during COVID. He's like, like, especially like, um, if a team like, why are we ever having international friendlies during COVID? That's just dumb. Makes no sense. There's there's absolutely no reason to have a friendly now when there's no fans in the stadium already. Um, I mean, I don't understand that. Yeah, it's I mean, coaches safe. have to pick teams. Yeah. Um, you know, you have to you have to move forward in some way. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, we will figure it out. You know, I guess the the other advantage of having this stuff early in the season is, you know, it gives Schmetzer a, t- a chance to know uh, more about you know what his 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 you know th- his deeper rotation is in case we need it later in the season. Um, you know, I guess the Sounders have had an easier beginning to the season because we're not doing CCL right now. It seems like we don't have much room to sign someone, though. Um, if we were able to sign someone, or, do, or like, what position do you think we should go for? Um, if we're if yeah. we're like maybe we're, if we're bringing in someone in league, maybe that would probably be what we would have to do. Just with the amount of money we have and not having a DP slot available. Right. I mean, it's not obvious we need another striker. Um, you know, it's not obvious or we need a central we midfielder. Or maybe break the rules like Miami. Um, you know, so maybe maybe another wing player, you know, sort of the the next the next Brad Smith or Kelvin Leardham. But, you know, obviously, um, you know, we have... Uh, we have Brad Smith. We have, um, we have Kenan Rowe. 
We have Kellen Rowe, yeah. you know, we've had Roldan, Alex Roldan, you know, doing well. And we got, and yeah, we got Jordy Lidham. Um, but, uh, and uh, we got Ethan um, Dobelair, um, yep. who's, who's been okay um, so far. Uh, didn't want to bring up that, uh, before we move on to previewing the LA Galaxy game, just quickly, Ethan Dobelair came in uh, and then right away, uh, the commentators wanted him to get sent off uh, for a play that they were saying the studs were showing. I could not agree. I could not disagree with Taylor Twelman more. Like, I don't even think this is a foul. They both have every right to challenge for it. He's right. Not so Nate. Two players with their, with their toes outstretched towards the ball. I um, like, I th- I saw the players doing the exact same thing. Like you can't give that a red card. He just can't. Right. I mean, obviously, it is a thing where you know if he'd been a quarter second later or his foot had been in a slightly different place, it could have been ugly. So it is, in some sense, a fundamentally dangerous movement to just go out with your with your leg but held it that wasn't, way. But that wasn't yep. actually what happened. Right. And obviously, that. that you know that was the 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 call didn't happen that way. So. Um, Uh, other refer other referee decision. Of course, in the Minnesota game, we had a penalty saved uh, in the first in the first half um, after Raul Roy Diaz missed um, the penalty. Um, it was a it was a bad penalty um, by Raul Roy Diaz, the, but um, penalty was the right call. It was definitely a handball on uh, on Will Trap made himself bigger, um, so that was the right call. Unfortunate yep. that Rodriguez couldn't face that. Right, and obviously Rodriguez's strength is you know reacting to balls when they him. Um, he's not necessarily the you know the the cool assassin who will you know who can stare down the goalkeeper and 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 you know get the ball around him. Um, so it'd be nice to have Ladero back. Um, who was our penalty? Was am I correct that Ladero was our yeah. usual penalty taker? Yeah, Ladero is, is definitely our normal taker at the moment. Uh, but uh, moving on from that to the next game, which is against the LA Galaxy. Uh, so the LA Galaxy so far, they have uh, two wins um, after beating um, Inter-Miami and the Red Bulls. Um, Chicharito, who only scored two goals last year, has five uh, after two in the first game. Um, uh, obviously, I'm not surprised that he scored uh, that he scored uh, goals when you have Kelvin Neardom and Jelvin Jones playing your defense in Miami. Oh, take that, Miami! Um, then he scored a hat trick um, against the Red Bulls. Um, so what, what are you expecting for this game against the Galaxy? Obviously, it's at Century Link. Well, uh, it's at uh, Lumen Field. Um, what are you right. expecting in, for this game? In front of thousands of fans? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that we see, you know, we see some of Ladero. Um, you know, obviously, the, the Sounders know that Chicharito has been the danger man and, you know, we'll have three center backs determined on making sure he doesn't continue his uh, multi-goal scoring ways. Um, but that's easier said see, than done. I could obviously see the team deciding to like man mark him. 
um, when he's in the in the box because his style is a lot like uh, Chris Wanonowski. Like he scores by just standing by the box and then kicking it in when when it just bounces around there, um, and that's how he scored the majority of his goals this year. Um, they've yep. all been from relatively close. So hopefully, you know, no one's going to be surprised by him. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, the the Galaxy is the only the only team who's taken all all of their points so far this time. I think they're not as good as that. They're not going to they're not going to uh, go yeah, through with uh, three points per yeah, game. Yeah, they definitely don't deserve that. I would still say that they're. I would say that they're still not guaranteed um, uh, a, a a playoff position. Um, so far, they played two teams that are just bad. Um, right. So Miami's I think Miami's not you know, very the, good, and the Red Bulls aren't very good right now. So this will be a, a good test for them. Um, if they beat us by five goals, then we know that they might be legit, and maybe Greg Vanny knows what he's doing. Um, they're going to be without Sebastian Najet because he was suspended two games, and this is his second game for using a using a uh, homophobic slur against a teammate, so he won't be playing the uh, U.S. Yep. International, um, which is good to see that the league taking actions like that. Yeah. Uh, but what, so, is um, your, what is your score prediction for this game? Um, Let's see. I will go with um, 3-1. Um, I will I'll, – I'll give Chicharito a, a garbage time goal, uh, but, you know, goals from – I think this will be the time. New who gets his goal – uh, we'll have a late goal from Ladero, and um, and a goal from Rui Diaz. I'm gonna say one zero. Um, gonna be pretty close. Um, I'm expecting someone to get sent off in this game, maybe multiple. Um, and I'm going to say Yamar off the bench. Um, one zero uh, is my score. Um, after this game, which is on Sunday. Uh, which on Sunday, the Sounders uh, are on the road for a couple of games. They go to Portland the following Sunday on the night. Then midweek, first midweek game against San Jose at San Jose. And then we host LAFC uh, on the 16th um, is our upcoming schedule. And then we finally will be at the game. We'll be at that game against Atlanta. Um, but we will be back to podcast probably after that game against Portland, uh, which is also on the road. Portland so far not playing super well. Obviously, they're also uh, doing CCL. What is your score prediction quickly for uh, that game against Portland? I haven't thought that far ahead. We should we should podcast one more time in between those two. Okay, we'll try and get on it uh, on that. I'll be on a plane uh, for this game against the LA Galaxy. You'll be on the couch, but no matter where we are, we will have our seatbelts buckled and our scarves up. <laughs> <laughs>